0: Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion
1: is advised. Welcome back to the Great Northeast BJJ Podcast. Last week we flew out to PANS in Irvine, California. Jay, George, Tyler, and Amanda competed. Uh, You'll hear from all those people on uh, this episode. Uh, But before we competed, we headed over to Combat Base to train, do some roles, and then talk with Chris Howarder. If you know anything about BJJ at all, you know who Chris is. He's one of the original Dirty Dozen. He is one of the first 12 American black belts uh, really early into the Brazilian jiu-jitsu scene. He's a great artist, he's a traveler, he's a teacher, Uh, he's a historian, he's got some big ideas. He's uh, an original skate punk in the Redondo Beach area. And uh, his garage, combat base, is a museum of early Southern California. Ideas, art, punk, everything. He was willing to talk to us about some things I've never heard him talk about before. He talked about the UFC, uh, ADCC, EBI, and he even talked a little bit about, uh, Uh, you might recognize Chris as being one of the refs at Metamoris. He also talked to us about what it was like to train early on with the original Gracie family in the area. And, uh... Shine a little light onto some of the questions that I think we all have about how that was and how it came to be when it was just uh, a few people in a garage. This is an opportunity to train with and to talk with a real living legend, a true gentleman warrior. This guy uh, just seems to represent so many of the aspects of martial arts that many of us uh, strive for in our own progress, in our own martial arts experience you can hear some sounds in the back of the episode uh most obviously his washing machine and uh, i think we forgot to turn the rounds clock off so uh, you got some real authentic uh, combat-based sounds going on in this episode as well as always if you want to get in touch with us greatnortheastbjj.com there you can get links to our twitter instagram and facebook accounts And, uh, of course, we'd appreciate it if you would subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast app on your phone. Just search on Great Northeast BJJ Podcast. If you have an idea of somewhere you'd like us to come out and do a dojo storm, uh, we would be happy to do that. And please just get in touch with us and uh, give us your ideas. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Howder.
2: So,
3: I I mean, it's it's a couple of different things. Like, obviously, coming here to train with you. Like, I missed when you were in Portsmouth. So, you know what I mean? And you just yep. got
4: my Facebook message. I was like... What a loser, dude. How I was drowning in a
3: pit of sorrow. I called George, and George is talking about how awesome it is and how you slapped Trevor. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I wasn't there to see that. <laughs> so, welcome, everybody. So, welcome,
4: everybody, to the episode seven of the... Great Northeast BJJ podcast. We're on a road trip, Pan Am's 2016. We are in Redondo Beach, California, um, in the garage with our friend Chris Houter. Combat base. Combat base. base. And uh, always, as always, brought to you by the greatest soap in the world, Tortuga (laughs) Soap Company. (laughs) You know, everybody already knows what soap Jay likes the best. The goat smell. Yeah. Yeah. He milked by Jay, weekly, freshly. <coughs>
3: also brought to you by
4: PortCityBJJ.com in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Um, if you're in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, come check us out. PortCityBJJ.com and Crash Kimonos, made in New Hampshire as well. Um, good stuff. Check them out. CrashKimonos.net. New new kimono coming out, designed by Jay. The big woo, the big woo. Cool gee. Nice gray E, like complete
3: Hawaiian rash guard liner for those of us who like to be comfortable while we roll. Fits great. Can't wait for Abe to produce this thing. It'll be really cool. Check it out. It should be out the next couple months.
4: So, we all came out to the pans, and the pans have begun. Um, But we came out to train here in Redondo Beach. We got Amanda who's competing um, Friday morning, me who's competing Friday. We're visiting with Chris. Jay's competing are you competing, Chris? This I year? am not
2: competing this year. I wimped out. <laughs> I was too I was traveling too much and kids and I used it as an excuse and I also didn't want to cut the five or six pounds. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hardest part.
3: I don't know if wimping Good. out counts. You won the gold at the Masters Worlds, right? I did. So I don't think well, there's any... Well. Yeah, there's yeah. no wimping out after you...
2: I'm going to do Masters Worlds this year. Las Vegas, you know, that's a great excuse to go to Las Vegas. Right? <laughs> right? Oh, I came to compete,
3: right? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Different experience, right? Like, I, it's so funny. We were at the Pan, you know, at the Pan Ams. Like, the Bren Center is huge, and yep. then you go... There and it's like a, it's a tighter knit. It was a smaller experience. You know,
2: I had heard that they'd actually they lost the good venue and had to kind of at the last minute move it over in uh, the other place that had no bleachers. Yeah, so yeah, it, it was kind of a bad venue. I think next year's Masters Worlds will, will have a much a better venue, much better. and it's growing and growing and growing, especially because Americans. For a lot of us, uh, the ring timer. So done. Thanks, me. <laughs> yeah, a great podcast. podcast. <laughs> thanks, everybody. There's a remote hanging right near the stereo that you can turn off that ring. T- Don't motor. let
4: Ron. It's on, on an
2: idiot cord, so no one will lose uh-huh. the remote.
4: So we're also got Tyler here who's competing tomorrow. Yep. Tomorrow. Yep. Tyler's adult, a beast. Adult. He's he a beast. A beast. Um, Al, the chaperone, as always.
3: <laughs>
2: nice.
4: And uh, and Ron, the assistant chaperone, entertainer for the week. So one of the coolest parts, though, to me, like we showed up here after driving for two and a half hours of yes. the drive that I thought was going to take us forty-five was, minutes. It was twenty-four miles, so it's got to be at miles. least two and a half hours. Holy <laughs> mackerel! And we estimated it was going to be longer, but it was We're, still longer. In LA and Orange or County,
2: <laughs> in LA Orange County, you never measure by miles. Nah. You, you measure by. A time and it depends on the uh, a time of day. Right. We picked a bad one. Apparently. And you guys kind oh, like, of picked like the dawn of traffic. Yep. Right. So sure.
4: super cool. We came here and you gave a guy a black belt. Like
3: that yes. was crazy. So that was crazy. there's probably awesome. that sounds like
2: there's
4: a story behind that guy.
3: But Ben
2: Westrich is an awesome guy. He's He began his uh, training in army combatives and he's like won all the army competitions and. You know, a few injuries in Iraq and held him back. He's I think he's four and one in MMA. Wow. And he, he's just an all around a combat athlete in Colorado Springs. Warrior fitness is where he's at. Nice. Now, so now. if you're in Colorado Springs, check him out. <coughs> yep. Ben Westridge. The kid sounds like he knows how to win. He's tough, yes. <laughs> and and he knows how to win. He's he's all game and he's he's smart and he's good and He's humble, too. You know, he's he's a learner.
3: As we all should be, right? Yep. yep. It's, a, it's a... I mean, I feel humbled to be here today, like, train with you and come on a day when, you know, somebody... You give somebody their black belt and to be in this... Like, look around. Like, I feel like I'm about three inches tall, like, looking around the room and seeing, like, the medals from all the different years, band posters, like, just... Kind Not just like any band poster. We're talking about <laughs>
1: Bad Religion, Bad Brains. I've yeah. been staring at these the whole time. These original things. It's like where a this music either. came right. from is right here.
2: Yep, yep. You know, I, I mean, it certainly wasn't the only area of cool right. punk rock, but L.A. definitely had an awesome punk rock scene. Ruined my life.
1: <laughs> um. God, I'm not totally sad to hear that. Uh, on a personal, like, where I grew up, I'm a professional musician. I grew up like this was this might as well have been some weird fantasy land. Like, yeah, because be in you know, New Hampshire, it's all snowy, and we're just listening to Southern, Cali- Southern California skate punk. Straight on, and we're going. Yeah. This is for people who don't understand. This is before the internet, so yes. you're going to the record store, and you're getting like imports yeah. of like Black Flag from like Holland because you can't. They're not even shipping them like from. Like, yeah, so that wasn't that big. It
2: mm. was. It was hard to. Mm. You know, I I I'm always amazed that um, with the internet now and our stupid phones, you know, and the instant access, but. It, information right we are in the information revolution and we have a camera on us at all times right Mm -hmm. there are two times in my life where i wish i would have had a camera and it was 80 early 80s la punk rock and skate scene and the early garage the days in horion's garage and the early competition days I interrupted you, Jay. We're talking about you know being here. Uh well, he's off to like a topic I want to hear about. Anything. Oh, <laughs> like, I,
3: I'm sorry. This I place, answer, right? well, so, so I'll ask you real quick. Like, you know, are these the things that you put on the walls here? Is it kind of like is this like your your set your, the way you tattoo yourself? Kind of like these are symbols of like where you've been and what you've experienced. A lot or? of them
2: are. A lot of them are. You know, I, I still have. Um, in my other garage, a bunch of stuff that I haven't stuck up yet that I mean to, and I keep like thinking I gotta do it. Um, of course, kids change everything about one's schedule in life. <laughs> you know? um, but yeah, m- most of the things are either th- a patch somebody gave me, or medals, or trinkets and things from various memories, or a lot of it's my art. Anything that you don't readily recognize is usually my art. Um, cool
4: Tortuga Soap Patch. Yeah. yeah, I saw that. yeah that's oh, awesome. Awesome. Okay, stop. Ah, God. God. He's got he's to keep it clean. <laughs> yeah. Keep it clean. Year, keep yes? it clean in the garage. So uh,
3: I'm like unbelievably interested. In and like, I don't know if people that are listening will be, but like... The early days of your training and kind of like what that like just to obviously I don't want to be like oh, tell it like I want to hear those stories of course and but I'm super interested in your contrast with the way Jiu Jitsu is now because we talk about it all the time about you know Ron's like you know saying a lot of times like oh well you you know you started a long time ago and blah blah blah, blah. I'm like look we're all in on the ground level we're like less than a hundred years into this yes, thing yes yes and but there was a beginning and you were there and i'm like the, intensely interested to hear the about the american
2: but beginning i was there but like i mean you can even go back like like i just i think i i don't want to say a number but i loosely recently became aware of the number of red belts in brazil or who are dying or black well, belts like old school guys and part of you know, in America, what, what we were introduced to was was the big family, the, the, the Gracies, and it was very well branded. And but there was a lot of other jiu jitsu in the Brazil. It wasn't just with the Gracies. They clearly were the the, the, um, the dominant force in Brazil, but they weren't the only force in. in Brazil, but in America, like in the early days, when I started, I'm pretty sure that like LA and Hawaii, I think, were the only two spots that like Helson and Hawaii, is that yes? Helsin Helsin and Hawaii, and Horion here, and that was, I mean, pretty much, I think, from I want to say you know, mid 80s to about 88 89, that was the extent of it and 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 I always say I was just in the right place at the right time you know I I found the jiu jitsu at the local college wrestling room a few months after my one and only pro muay thai fight which I won but it hurt really bad <laughs> <laughs> and it was a tough uh, a Cambodian I fought and I realized that had he Put half the amount of hits on me, I would have, I like he took an incredible amount of, of punishment. And I, my hands were quick back then. And I wanted to go back to wrestling. Because before UFC, you, you know, like people always thought wrestling's just a sport. It isn't a real martial art. But as a kid who grew up fighting all the time, which I'm not proud of, but you see, I always knew that wrestling was, at least in my toolkit, the superior martial art. Did you ever wrestle like in high school? Or in high like, school yeah? I did, and I growing up. And and when I fought, I would always try to use my karate that I'd take and kung fu and all that stuff. But I quickly wanted to close clinch and get it onto the ground. Yeah. So after my mui, but, time match, I decided, you know, the easier, softer way is wrestling. I'm going to go back to the wrestling room. And I went g- with the intent to wrestle. And I showed up early, and it was the end of the Aikido Club. And the guy was showing a Mount Escape. And I looked down and I knew him, Mitz Yamashita. And I said, Mitz, I don't think that'll work because he had a, an Aikido class at, at my Thai gym, right. and, which was the IMB academy at that time. And, and he said, why don't you try it? And I'm thinking, you know, I'm a wrestler, you're going to mount me, I'm going to turn and escape and pin you. And I tried, and he, you know, rear naked choke me, and then I, let me try again, and arm lock me. Wait a minute, that's a fluke, let me try again. And I'm like, wow, I want to learn Aikido. I didn't realize it was like th- this cool. And he says, well, this isn't an Aikido. And I'm really not allowed to instruct it. But here's the guy who can, who, who can and he wrote Umhorion's number down. And I immediately went home, like I was already like, wow, I, I found it. And called him up, scheduled a meet, and he lived two and a half blocks away, jumped on my skateboard, rolled over there, and started my, my jiu with, then it, it was Horion, Hoyce, Hickson, and Hegan. All in the garage. All in Horion's garage. Like right near here, right? Right near Pretty, here. Couple for blocks down the road. A couple blocks down the road for 20 bucks a private.
3: <laughs>
4: and,
2: That's what they charge now, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so and was. I knew I hit the gold mine it, it's like right away it, it, it's like wow I I I'll say you know it's like when I was a um purple belt the pre UFC it was like you had an ar-15 and everybody else had a m- musket shot right. they, they would have one shot and if they didn't get get that one good shot you You know, they were all yours, and that was kind of how it was. And when UFC One came out, part of me was, you know, I was clearly happy, and I knew Hoist would win. I remember I was watching it with, with non, but. But jiu-jitsu guys, who were they were all convinced Royce would lose every fight. Right. And I'm like, no, he's going to Right, win. <laughs> Gerard Gordeaux's
3: like, going to win. That guy yeah. looks
2: badass. They're like, <laughs> man, how'd you know? And it's like, well, you know, you know. And it's yeah. like, part of me was really happy, of course, and part of me was kind of sad. It's like the cat's out of the bag. Yeah. It, you know, it was, it was one of those things that, that if you had jiu jujitsu, you pretty much knew nobody else had it and if they did you knew them right you know and and back then it was a lot more street territorial but defend jiu-jitsu defend your honor all that stuff and and the sporting aspect is like everything a blessing and a curse and I would say more a blessing than curse you know it's like the newer school guys are just like wrestlers are in the way that it's not about you know let's go cruise to a bar and get in a fight to prove our jiu jitsu works or you know at least that part is gone now it's it's like if we want to prove who's the best we'll go against other skilled guys right and which elevates the entire art and the more. Involved the more it elevates, and then of course, the information age and the explosion of YouTube, and you know, early on, it was VHS. Tapes that the guys would make. Now you can see the move in slow mo that won yesterday's world championships Right, and wind it back and watch it again. wind it back and And study it it and perfect it and find how it works with your body, your style. And so, like in terms of the art growing, the art has clearly grown. And the old school guys who say. Oh, it hasn't. It's not, no, it's completely grown. And I mean, even the way in which we're doing arm bars and mounts and the fundamentals have improved. They've even gotten but but tighter and more responsive to others knowing it just as well as you and the attacks of the new school game out of use quote-unquote, old-school, fundamental jiu-jitsu against the new school game, right? Right.
3: And it's like, I think you can see it in the, like, it it slowly changes the younger you get in in the age groups. Like, I don't see that much barambolo in my age group, but, like, you get to Masters 1, you start to see a lot of it. And then an adult, it's everywhere. Yes, you know what I mean. But those guys, they're like a little bit older right. and have been have more of an exposure to now a smaller base of jujitsu. Yeah. I guess is the way to put it.
2: Now at the same time, a lot because of sport in terms of a self a defense or even mixed martial arts, a the sport like you fight how you train, and if you're used to pulling guard, inverting, de la Hiva, spider guard, that stuff doesn't work all that great in MMA or in the street. <laughs> right. Right? And it can, if your goal is MMA or the street, and MMA is clearly a sport as well, that you don't allow headbutts, you don't allow... i gouges groin I, shots. Eye gouges groin shots. It... it, it, it If you're on your knees, you can't hit them. I mean, there's rules in there that that are even less of street. But like for like the old school way of game, like the way the way I approach is, I always think street. I train the sport and I uh, practice the art. The art is the limitless growth experiment. A part of the jiu-jitsu the sport is is that live against real timing real skill does my stuff work right and the street I say you think a street because when you train street a lot it quickly devolves into paranoia almost you know eye gouging and challenging and all that it it it's like, as an example, let me just use you because you have long sleeves. In sport, it's really common that we just reach up and grab a lapel. Right. We forget that that left hand has a nice overhand hook right in my face. Boom, right? You're just like, I reach up, overhand hook me. Boom. And so I think street. I'm always holding the hands, head, and hips. And the headbutt. If I'm just holding here, and you want, boom, you have a headbutt. So my hips, headbutt me now. Just headbutt me.
1: Chris is holding me. Uh, See,
2: I'm, I, I'm always, I'm always holding his hips and watching his head and hit me. And he then, and then I'm gonna reach up, but to where I'm still controlling control. his strike. Yeah. See, now he can't strike. I'm still watching strikes, even though I don't even train them. So even when I b- compete, my brain thinks, am I being punched right now? If it's raining knuckles and I'm lo- looking up at the sky, I'm losing the fight. W- whether I'm up in points or not, I'm losing the fight. Okay. So I'm always looking, I'm always thinking, if right now, if it were real, am I winning? And when they raise hands, whether they raise mine or my opponent's, I give a pause and I reflect. If that were a real gladiator battle, we were thrown in a pit in our geese, and whoever lives wins, have I won or have I lost? And I've had matches where they raised the other guy's hand, and I went, well, I killed him in the street. And I've had other ones where they r- r- raised mine. I went, you know, I probably would have lost that in a street fight. Right. I spent too much time looking up at the sky, and it's raining knuckles. And um, that's why I think sport, the jiu-jitsu guys, tend to have a hard time transitioning into MMA, unless they drop that sport.
3: Like the way Damian Maya fights, like, Yes. He's got great
2: jiu jitsu for MMA. There are guys who do an excellent job of it. And there's guys who have absolutely, like world champion multiple times, who have lost in MMA against jiu jitsu equivalents of blue belts. Because that guy trains to fight in mixed martial arts, which there are basically five. Fundamental arts in there. You, you know, you've got your boxing Muay Thai, Jiu Jitsu, Greco, wrestling, and Judo. Th- those are the reality, well, pure well, combat sports. And mixed is you're blending those. And some guys want to stick to their one thing and say, I'm going to make my would jiu-jitsu beat everything or I'm going to make my wrestling beat everything and as modern MMA evolves that is the absolute wrong approach right you have to
3: learn that other stuff it's
2: no longer the old days where it's style against it's or foundational style against another foundational style and MMA in essence has become a an art in and of itself. It's almost now its own branch of martial art, in, in a way.
3: Right. It's the cage. The cage is a different environment. Yes. Gloves are different. Rules. Yeah, there's no foot pads, gloves, but you can still change, kick. Things, yep. Yep. And now, yep. like, obviously, there's no gi. Yep. And there's no grabbing on in uniform yep. or the cage,
2: and the, there's a
3: different set of rules. Yep. Just like judo <clears throat> said, okay, this, these are the pieces we're going to take away and say we're not letting you do those things. My
2: dream is. Is a well, a couple of things. But gee, MMA, I think would be fucking awesome. That would be cool. And it, it and it would look cool because it'd be bloody and <laughs> and, yeah. and the and these, would be all blood red. W- let's but be honest, we watch MMA because we want to see the gore, <laughs> right. right? I would rather see two unskilled uh, guys punch each other in the face. <laughs> Then watch two highly <laughs> right. skilled right. grapplers yeah. move inch by inch. Right. Right. It's just more entertaining. And the gi, you'd be doing things like blocking the guy's view. and he, it, it would right. just be... There'd be really cool creative.
1: Yes. It would be so awesome. It
2: would be, it would branch. Yeah, the dirty
1: boxing is going to go crazy, right? Yes. Oh, God.
2: Wrap your gear yeah. around the guy. Yeah. It branches a whole other yeah. thing. So when I roll, that's how I roll. I'm rapping a gi. I'm trying to block your eyes. I I I just whenever I'm in a spot, generally on top, where you have no hands and I have one, I'm not moving. There's no rush. I felt that a lot training yeah. with you. You'll yeah. stop,
3: and you're like, and I can tell you're completely comfortable. And, and, it, and he's mind-fucking me yeah. into moving and I'm like like I did it a couple times and it, your position improved every single time and I'm like fuck this, I am moving and then, and then 10 seconds goes by and I'm like alright, maybe
2: I'll move I'll <laughs> and I lose it again alright, I'll move I'll move I'll move. <laughs> Yeah, yeah uh, and, and like as a general rule once I get both my arms under your legs in the guard I kind of know I won the street fight, right? Because your groin's exposed and my head's pretty hard, right? <laughs> right. And you can you, 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 so was my groin at the time. <laughs> i was just excited to be chatting you know, with you. <laughs> you can punch my head with your knuckles and break your knuckles, and my head can punch your nuts. You know, it's like, <laughs> I find no rush. You know, it like, doesn't feel so, like a fair trade off. Yeah, but yeah, and, that's, and the other thing I would love in this modern computer age, right, is in well, grappling matches if if you could somehow evaluate the length of time spent in spots, no. hmm. because let's say you you're in half guard and you have the guy's arms occupied and you have one hand uh, free, I call that half mount. Right, that's not half guard. That's half mount. Right, and then at the very end of the match, he gets a sweep, and you end up in now your full guard. He gets points, even though you were never at at risk of but being hit. Right, so that's like one of the things where sport starts to kill the reality aspect of the street. And if you had something that could record how much time you spent... In a dominant
4: position. In a...
2: And every, like, X amount of time, another point goes. Can you see, like, because,
1: if, yeah, if you rolled into mount, you could see the little yeah. red line going...
2: Yes. As...
1: And then into the half... Yes, mount, as you're, you're right
2: holding rrr, mount, rrr, right. the back, or yep. knee ride. You could just see the little red right. line
1: getting up right on the television screen as you're yep. watching it, it, right? It's
2: like you're holding a spot where... It's Rain and Knuckles. Right. <laughs> so you should be rewarded more points. Yeah. Right. Because that's, that be f- that's
3: the basis that, that Jiu Jitsu was created that's on, right? The like, original right. thing. And it, and it would also make it easier to watch because
1: you because the actual name of what's going on could be codified and go on. Oh, yeah, how about the but, reality yeah. of neon, neon Stomach? stomach. It, instead of having someone right. explain it you to might you get while back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. killed.
4: Just yeah. killed.
1: Yeah, yeah, Neon Stomach, and then the, the red oh, line goes up because this one's going to really suck, right?
2: Yep. And then. Yeah, and, and then of course, I, I, mean, just in in the sport, I think a pulling guard ought to be minus one.
1: Right. That's just. Something. It's obviously a controversial topic. Not Let's minus about two. Yeah.
2: Minus one. Yeah. Because then, when you have a sweep, you're up one. So it's still a reward. You mean it's, it's not for two. Yeah. Neutral, right? Right. right. So yeah. down, you lose yes. one for pulling you're but you get, two, so you, you get two. But you get yes.
1: What is what are you what is the your just general thinking? I'm sure you've explained it before, yeah. but behind why you feel like it should be a negative to pull guard. Because
2: you're chickening out of the stand up fight. Yeah. The bottom line is it is it's unless you're pulling a flying sweep, a flying a triangle, yeah. um, you're basically chickening out of the stand-up battle. Yeah. And we all do it. Every jujitsu player, especially if you do open class, there's periods of time where where strategically you're going to, well, pull a guard. Right. As a tactic, it becomes kind of addicting, you know, because it's... Our guards get well, good sometime around seasoned blue to purple belt you get the power of with the guard you're right. like wow it's it's a seductive thing because it's it not only is relaxed you're not spending all the energy it, it, you don't have to fall hard and you have this the chance of unlock and sweep
1: Right, and you also, but you so, also, have, but you have the other issue where you have two people pulling guard too, which have, yes, you know. and
2: then, the, and that is one of those things that again, I mean, it's human beings will always fight within the rules of the game, whether they're the man-made rules of the game or the natural rules of the game, until after World War II, when soft mats were around. To fall, you had to learn to. Breakfall, wrestlers don't because they're used to training on soft mats. There's no point. It it, it ruins you. environment. Structures how we do everything, and the man-made rules are just another piece of environment. So, so we'll adapt to win within the rules, pushing them as far as we can. Cheating if we won't get caught, like in IBJF, That many big name teams we get to do all the time um, and that's the game that's the environment in which we're in and we'll do everything to win within that and then what happens is though you do completely abandon the aspect of how will this work in the street and you get guys racing to see who pulls guard first or they just sit on their butt and scoot. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, <laughs> have you no sense of shame? Right. <laughs> uh, every time you, the you no guard, even if it's... A strategy, you should have a little bit of shame. I your mother was
4: watching that. When you you should watch know... your butt scooting past yeah. the mat. Yeah. we like, your, your mother see that. that. You
2: should absolutely know that I am chickening out of the stand-up fight. Yeah. I'm chickening out. Yeah. And for that, in my opinion in this sport, you should be punished. Yeah. Not neutral, and definitely not rewarded. It should be somehow punished. Yeah.
4: So for whatever reason, I'm dying to like know... I mean, it's it's not a rule-related thing. But, like, Jay asked about the garage. What was the vibe like in the garage, like, in the early days? Like, was it, like, a weird vibe? Was it, like, a happy... Like, we always talk about, like, the Academy, like, you know, welcoming and has a great vibe. Like, were these guys weird? Are you the, talking about back when... I'm talking was about Horian. old
2: school in Horian's garage. I'm just going to say, in the olden days, if you remotely were an outsider a creonch, a ronin uh, I just want to learn enough to be able to defend myself against blank you were pretty much persona non grata it, it, was, it, it was you join us like or, you're part
4: of the family or area.
2: you're one of the people that might want to challenge us one day and so and I was a joiner I was all in but and there were you know back in those but challenge days there were you know people that wanted to just learn enough so they could use whatever martial art they were doing oh, yeah. so that they could beat jujitsu so the environment was a lot more secretive
5: yeah. and
2: it was it was you don't show people the moves and teach them how you're doing it you that's all the dawn of the new age and the information age which is for the growth of the art much a better but you know it's like but teams there was definitely pre internet you know there was definitely you, you could say regional or certain styles that like Hoyler like Gracie had a style and it wasn't like people think like there's a Gracie Jiu Jitsu style or a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu style and it is a bit more that way now but back then it's like you know each person had kind of a game and if you were at their school you would be exposed to basically that game and like Hoyler's game might be more like Jean-Jacques Machado's game, Hegan's game was more of a Pressure game And you you know There's So When you went against Other schools You could Wind up Having moves That you would never seen Or felt Or You you, you know That was more How it was In in the early Was there a big rivalry Like between
4: Hoyler school And another school You know what I mean Like Yeah
2: There was There's always Rivalry right? Right I mean In some ways we could say we're all with Gracie Baja. We yeah. all are. Be- because if we trace our li- lineage, we all come from Haleo Carlos, some from Carlson, some from the Fada line right. and, and, and other lines. But, but I mean, so what happens in a patriarchal honor culture when there's right. a bunch of male offspring? Who are all black belts, <laughs> who, who are often not even from the same m- m- mother, but yeah, their dad's right. the same, right. or they That's have they an good. uncle in common, yeah. or you know, there's there's the blood bond, but at the same time there's sibling rivalry, rivalry. and someone's got to be the best, right? and it's a male patriarchal honor culture, and one could say uh, even the sub. A culture is even more extreme. So you have rivalry. It's almost like it's okay if they hate each other, but you you can't hate them. Right. You right. know what I'm yeah. saying? It's, it's, like it's, they can
4: they can fight amongst each other, but you better not. But like, you it's like you, the mafia. You
2: you can't have an opinion on right. the rivalry between right. Horion, Hickson, Hoist, right. and Machado's, but. But it's apparent. Were there students that would jump from one school to another? Yes, there's. I mean, when Horion opened up his school, I was there at the 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 first part of the opening, and I was in Hegan's garage too because there was a big falling out. And usually, I don't usually say this stuff on in camera because I don't want to talk shit about anybody yeah. because I'm trying to be a neutral politician yes. right? <laughs> super clear we're in, not, just we're like not yeah. politicians we Don't have in America today. but um neutral. But, <laughs> neutral but like there was a time where I needed to make a choice and I was told you know in no uncertain terms that I pick, pick your side. yes and um you know Honestly, I would have gone with Hickson, but Hickson was like way up in Malibu and he was yeah. going to Pride and all this other stuff. Yeah. And Hegan was not only super cool, but Hegan was so open-minded that he, like he would, you know, hey, Chris, uh, you know the wrestling coach from... Can you bring him Because I want to learn wrestling. I want to do... It, you know, it, it was refreshing to have a very open-minded Brazilian black belt who wanted to do other stuff. And and also he lived three well, blocks away right. and he wanted me to, to be his well, private um, practice right. guy right. So, so that they could... So I learned a lot of the, the Jiu-Jitsu being the, the dummy. Cause I didn't ha- have much money, even though it was for twenty Hingin bucks a private. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the it's a difference. I was the Hingin dummy. The yeah, I, I was. Just, so yeah, Hegan would would call me up, and say, "Hey Crease, hey, I have private with the guy more your size. You want uh, come on? Yeah, I'm going on oh, well, my way.
1: I see. So 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 someone would ask for a private with with yes. Heegan,
3: and then with they Hegan,
1: would go, and they would need a a, a body to well, toss I'm the around, dummy. and yeah. you know the guy they call in. It's yeah. always better. than so you Greece, right, been.
3: like so that he yeah. has someone to show, and they can watch, and then.
2: And then, then, like, met
3: some fantastic people. Yep,
2: right? yeah. Once, like, we were there, there's probably about five guys in Hegan's garage were rolling, and there's some dude who was clearly a, a gangster who was about my size. And he was kind of eyeing me, and I get home, Hegan calls me up. This is, you know, pre-cell phone. We had push-button phones. <laughs> uh, right, and, and modern. It, and it rings, and I'm like, hello? Uh, uh, Crease. You come back here now. Uh, this guy, he wants challenge fight with you. Uh, he said, I'm too big. You know, I'm <laughs> yes. black belt. But this uh, white blue belt guy, I think I beat him no problem. So you have to come back. And I'm like going, no, uh-huh. uh, okay. And, and I hang up and I'm going, oh, shit. I'm, right I'm <laughs> about to go fight. I'm right now. I'm about to go get a fight. And, you know, so I grab my gi and I run up there and. We start and, and and I was being nice, you, you know. I'm applying chokes, the gentle art, and locks, and like after I think I choked him once, you know, and then mounted him once, and arm Martin. I'm looking at him, and he's like, "Look, well, come here." And he's like, "You're being look, too nice." And you, you know, mount him and start hitting him, and I'm um, open hand strikes. And so you mount him, and you start slapping them around, him. and and it redondo slap, and then and when you lock them, you lock so it goes one inch past his. his, his the, you heard it, it a little bit, right? Right? Okay. Because they think it's a fluke. They'll remember if a pain is involved.
5: Yeah. <laughs> But <laughs> otherwise, I mean,
2: still, all of us, but grapplers, there's, there's always part of your brain when you're caught in a perfect sub that's painless, you think, ah, you got lucky. Ah, you, you got. But you, if, if, if there's a snap, or your neck's a little sore, or you got slapped twice and then choked, you know <laughs> it was no accident, It's no fluke, right? Yes. Right. So... And that's kind of how it was in the old school days, you know. It was much more oriented towards that.
1: I'm interested, especially on behalf of these guys, I'm not competing here, but there's there are four people sitting here that are competing within the next couple of days. So, we're talking about uh, uh, IBJJF competition. Yep. Just in general, I'm interested in just a couple of maybe high-level ideas about preparing for this kind of stuff on the
2: day... Of actual competition. Well. I've always been a guy. Who fights my best fights. When I'm not worried about the outcome. Or. I think that guy is supposed to. Win. When I'm the underdog. Right. It's, it's, it's because then you've got everything to win. Nothing. But to lose. You, and. But competition is a lot like. You know, it's like um, skydiving. The first time is always scary as shit. Even though, you know, hundreds of other people have gone, people don't get hurt, you're not going to die, all that stuff, it's still really scary to jump out of an airplane. And then you go a bit and it just becomes fun. And then if you don't, but jump out for a long time, which I haven't jumped out of a plane in ages. I know I would be petrified. Petrified to jump out again, because of our primal brain just says this is scary, even though our rational brain knows it's not. And when we uh, compete, there's two things that we're really scared of. One chief one, and that's a public shame. For some reason, our heads, we don't want to lose because people are watching. Which is why we roll in the club. We roll our best games. But you're out there like, what's happening? Because people. And what you got to realize is most people aren't even watching your fight. Right. (laughs) It's like two people watching my fight.
4: Amanda and Andrea. (laughs) Nobody else watching my fight.
2: And... And if they are, they're, they're usually watching it through their phone, yeah, right. or, they're, or they're checking a text, or they're worried about their own fight, yeah, right? right? So yeah. that's like a lot of it. I just realize I'm out here alone. Even though there's all these, they're all out here alone. We're all here alone. We're all worried about our own match. No one gives a shit about my fight, <laughs> except my wife. <laughs> right. Uh, and even then, afterwards, eh, it was a good fight, but yeah, you, you 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 could have should have, yeah, I know. Yeah. Right? Ha! What's for dinner? What's for dinner, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm so and, and I mean, what happens as well is is when you think like, oh god, I got to win, I got to win, I got to win, and you win, you're teaching your brain that that's the attitude I have to have every time I fight. So then when you lose, you're devastated because you've reworked your subconscious mind into thinking that you have to be in this certain mindset. And I see purple belts, browns and blacks, you know, warming up, doing their little mental prep, they do all this stuff. Because really, the second fear we have is being out of control. That's what's happening. So you're fearing being out of control, but public shame. And both of those are irrational, and you just got to lean in. You just have to say, I have no control over how I'm going to be until I slap hands. And then I'm going to take control. Don't prepare yourself when you're doing, I mean, warm up, sweat. But don't like for me I, I don't want to get my head in some fight space when I'm not in a fight. I just don't like that approach. For some world champions that works, right? I, I want to be in the most relaxed already sweating feeling like it's my second roll of the night when I slap hands for match 1. And I know the 30 seconds of match one, no matter what, is always going to feel awkward, weird, (laughs) out of balance. And the thing I know is my opponent is feeling that same thing. And I know if I'm uh, tired, my opponent's exhausted. And if I'm exhausted, he's dead. So I'm going to push that pace and keep pushing until I feel he's getting uh, tired. And then I'm going to pour it on. Is know? that because
1: of the physical training you did coming up to the to
2: the moment? Not a lot of it is is you know it's like how it, when you're all nerves how quickly you exhaust right? Yeah. So part of me just the way you, you, you almost it it's like when you run you you got to push till your lungs open up and and, and you're in that that wind and it's like, okay, I gotta go. And it's best to have that before you step on the mat. You you know, be nice and warmed up. And also I don't I I I think the mindset of I wanna conserve energy before my match is a fear-based mindset. It's again well primal because if, if we spend too much energy on the hunt and we miss our hunt, we starve. And so it's best, though, I think, in this sport to enter my first match feeling like I've already had a match. So I want to have a sweat. I, I, I want to have been moving, have been running. Have been, I'm, it's the attitude of I'm here but to fight all day. Just keep giving me fights. Yeah. I'm not here to hold energy, win a fight, wait, look at the brackets, worry who got positioned to wear me out so the guy from B- B- Gracie Baja gets to win. It's and, and like I remember it was a few pans back where they're switching around the names and I could tell they wanted to wear me out. And I said really loud so my opponent's Look at here. I'm here to fight. I'll fight all you guys as many times as you want.
1: <laughs> nice. So you, you mean that they were actually moving the brackets around during the the, the yes. actual tournament to, to line you up with different players. So it wasn't <laughs> right. just math. They wanted yeah.
2: one guy to have a bye, and then so he'd be fresh, and then oh, yeah. hand me a guy who might beat me, and if not, it's going to wear me out. <laughs> it's like, that's fine. I'll do him twice. Right. <laughs> I'm here all day. I'm here. I'm here to fight. You're here to play your games. I'm here to fight. You know, and and, and that's all you can do. You know, and if you lose, you fucking lose. And right. if you win. You win, you know, it's, it's not, it, it's not the, the, the Nothing best. Nothing changes actually, right.
4: right? I mean, Even
2: if you win, what right. kind of fucking glory is that? I just starved myself for fucking two weeks. <laughs> 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 right, right. <laughs> through misery. And wow, and I had three seconds of glory when they raised my hand. <laughs> right. And I now still, I, I need s- to go get the ubiquitous pick on the podium. You, you, uh, you, you uh, know, uh, you <laughs> scroll through your feed. There's 400 of them, right?
4: Yeah. Uh.
2: You, know? well, you still got to go to work on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it's 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 for me it isn't about the medals, it's not about the picture, it's about I I just want to fight. I just like mm. to fight.
3: I you know you said that earlier I try, and I'm trying to like all of what you're saying that like cuz I'm always you know kind of conditioning myself to figure out what this all means when you go and you compete. Yeah, what
2: the fuck does it all mean?
3: Right? And you know it's it's a for me I've always had a difficult time I'm a horrible loser and I like have a I, I have a hard time because you're hard on yourself
2: yeah you know what you got to do and it fucking sucks but you got to do it when you lose you have to give the guy who won his glory and it's hard to fucking do Especially when they fucking won by an advantage (laughs) and it was bullshit.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's part of the game.
2: (laughs) Part of the game is, I say, you know, I'm the gringo with a fucking unknown patch. So I got to give the fuck, you know, that's that's part of the game. Accept the rules. And when my opponent wins, even if I think it's fucking chicken shit bullshit, I give him the glory of the victory. Does that um, let you leave that
1: behind? Does that let you put that into a, a history? just like a, a past? What does that do for you?
2: I don't know. I still lose sleep over it. <laughs> right <now>. I, <laughs> I think it's about... Temporary
1: pandemics is what you're saying. I, I,
2: I, I think it's about civilization. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. Yeah. what it's about. Can't carry that around. The greater yeah. good, you know? Yeah. It, it's what do you want to show if if my great great grandkid is watching the newly edited 3D um fixed the tape of the 98 whatever <laughs> i don't want to be the jerk i don't want to be the sore loser or the yeah, yeah. run around the mat pounding my chest winner i i, I kind of think I don't know what culture ushered that in to sport, but it certainly is prevalent in our sport. I, I much prefer the stand out there, bow, shake hands, fight hard. If your opponent wins, give them the glory.
4: Man. Act like you've been there before. Well,
2: just Yeah,
4: just, you know, you lost. So I heard you and Tyler talking earlier and I didn't hear the whole thing but I heard you telling him like to go I think I heard you say to go in like you're two points down.
2: Yes. Yeah. Is that is. how you think like you Yes. That's your mindset. Right? That's my mindset. Even even though now that I do have a name and and, and a, a lot of the refs are my friends and they'll give me the advantage, I still want to fight like I'm but down just because you, you know it's it it's like the, the the country song you gotta know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Yeah, yeah. you, you, you you know you, you never count your points until right. the, the time's up you know don't start being now well my mind in the back of my mind the uh, the general in my mind is analyzing that stuff, you know, advantages, time left. I'm hearing my wife let me know like what minute left, Chris? You know or or, or like if I'm in an open class match, the guy's big, we're fighting for takedown. I'm in masters 5. It's a 5-minute match all here. You got four minutes, and, and I'll know that means I'd better make something happen or pull guard because I don't want to leave this to the ref yeah. when it's a stand Decision. up battle, yeah. when some heavyweight's been throwing me around but hasn't gotten a takedown, right? He's been right. T- tossing yeah. me across the mat or whatever. So then I'm going to make a strategical guard pull with a sense of shame.
0: Mr. <laughs> <laughs> small, um, well, first, of all, I just want to thank you for having me here. You know, you know, all, obviously, all of us. Um, it's 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 awesome to come out here and like you know get closer to the roots of like where jiu jitsu all started. As far as like when I came to America, sure. um, you're talking about like you know earlier how it seems like the efficiency, um, at least the thought of efficiency, the you know the theory of it has become. Less uh, prominent in today's jujitsu, as far as like you know, uh, like when they do competitions and that kind of stuff. And my thoughts are, you know, m- my question more leading towards is like, what are your thoughts on like you know, Hickson um, last year? already he, th- he was thinking about starting his own league of grappling tournaments, where it's kind of almost leaning towards the same rules as like a gi style EBI, where it's leaning towards always going after submissions, yes. you know, always pressing forward, always controlling the match. Well,
2: that's what Halleck tried with metamorphosis, right? It right. was supposed to be that. But, you know, again, it's, it's human nature to fight within the rules of the game. Right. And people will figure out how to push the boundaries of whatever rule so they can win. And if submission is the only way that you can win, then that's what people will do. And because... There's no strikes. You're going to start way low with your head really low and more wrestler stance as opposed to a judo or well greco stance because in those sports you can't grab the legs. So they're a little more street realistic. And then, you you know, ultimately what what it's, uh, sadly, what it's going to become is what happens in most nogi matches. It's a knee-foot battle. Right. It ends up a game of legs. Yeah. Because that's
0: Do you see it going that same way as far as like the way Hickson kind of wanted? I don't think like the that's way? the
2: way Hickson wanted it, you know? And, and Hegan's the Jiu-Jitsu World League, which Hickson's loosely involved in that somehow. Um, I like those rules better. Yeah. I like them more than the IBJ... With JF rules, but you you know it's it's at this point you're trying to open up Steve's Grill next to McDonald's. Right. Yeah. Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, it's, and, exactly. And then, um, sadly, or maybe it's good. Um, this is what we've got. You know, we've got IBJJF Abu Dhabi. I'm not a. I like Abu. Adabi rules, but I'm not a fan of wealthy Arabs. And I, know, I know I just mentioned that on the air, and I'll probably <laughs> old man. catch a bunch of shit. But I'm not a fan of being monkeys for wealthy Arabs. That's just just the whole thing to me is gross.
1: Well, I mean, what about what about? I mean, is it is it appropriate for you to comment on uh, like EBI being on? on Fight Pass, that's kind of a big deal. EBI is going to be out in front of the UFC audience. Yeah. Seems like
4: he's done a lot of things right. You mean uh, Eddie Bravo? Well, I mean, there's obviously
1: a connection to Rogan. Rogan's very, very famous. Yeah, Eddie's
2: done a lot of things right. Right. Yeah, a lot of things right. Um, We shall see. That's all I'm going to say. You know, um, I think... Halleck had the right idea and there's a couple things he did in the last couple that I wish he wouldn't have done and said but you know
1: right. <laughs> Um I'm just really more thinking about the way it's that's an opportunity for the, a huge base to see grappling all of a sudden it's it guess, is. just a television and,
2: um, you, you know that's if you're a promoter or you're your goal in life is to expose grappling to as many people as you can or expand the audience and all that, then sure, for me, I could give a shit about that. Oh, I see what you mean. I could care less about an audience. I think what ruins all of these combat sports is trying to make it entertaining for an audience. Fuck the audience. It's, It's for
1: the athlete. Yeah, you look at really old judo matches, and I, you look where I, it became, And speaking of that, crazy. I
0: loved it when uh, you were refing, you know, Comprito and Salo Lvero, and you just let the match go. Like, you completely yeah. just lost. You were like, yeah. <laughs> the match was like, over for like about 30 seconds, I think it was. And you're That's just like,
2: yeah, right. yeah. I'm, I'm watching a good match. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
0: Like, <laughs> everyone's yelling, like, stop who's, the match, you're like, no, no, it's good. Cool. You're like, who's, who's bringing me here? Let them beer? do their right. thing. Right. Let them yeah. Yeah. keep this thing going. Yeah, absolutely. That was so
2: good. I was waiting until the action ceased. Right. You know, and then we'll stop it. But if they're still trying to do something, I'm not going to stop it. Hell yeah! And um, yeah, fuck the audience. <laughs> I could, you know, UFC rules. I hate them. Oh, I I, that's I, horrible, man. I I think rounds are dumb.
1: That's uh, a great point, right? You where you at? They go stand them up and go let them relax yeah. and come back. You worked so hard to get to there. No, and you look how bad him.
3: the heavyweights are now. It's
2: like let's just have let's
3: bang it out.
2: Have yeah. a ten minute fight yeah. for a or twenty four belt, and if you lose viewers, if if somebody who's making a bunch of millions. Instead of making fifteen million that fight, they made ten million. Oh well, we'll all survive. Poor fucking guy. You know, and you know, it's it's kind of like there used to not be white belts who would uh, compete. When you got your blue belt, it meant you were ready to compete. But when you're a promoter. It's like, wow, we're going to make $10,000 more if we have a white belt division. So now white belts are like blue belts. And it it, it changes the whole thing because of greed and promoters. I could, again, could give a fuck about whether it's entertaining to a crowd or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Now, if I want to watch something entertaining, I'll watch two unskilled guys fight. On YouTube, because it's more entertaining watching the guys windmill each other, right? <laughs> right. The threat of violence is oh, always yes, right yes. there. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, so, I mean, that's my opinion. Is is right. it? But you know, I, then again, I'm this idealist when it comes to that, and I'm a purist in in, in that way. is I think we should keep the sport pure. If people want to watch it. Come watch it. If you yeah. don't, fuck you.
5: <laughs>
2: we we won't so change our rules because you're sitting there with your fat gut, your tap out shirt, and your beard. Being, this grappling <laughs> shit's boring. Right. So now we're going to change both the rules because right. Jethro thinks MMA is boring. Right, right, fuck yeah. Jethro. Because yeah. then you've well, got to hear all these right, guys that. talk about Conor
4: McGregor. Or Holly oh, Holm yeah. after this fight. Yeah. And they've never been in
2: yeah. oh, a gym
4: yeah. or wherever. And to hear. Yeah. Him talk about it make, after these things makes me ill, man. It, it spe- like, I have a hard time with it, even though, like,
3: like for jiu-jitsu, it was great to see Nate Diaz beat Conor McGregor. And it was awesome to see Misha, like, yeah. get back. And, yeah. like, I thought Misha deserved that so much because oh, yeah. she's such a good fighter. I'm good, but
2: pals with both Connor's coach and. Misha's coach, right? Like that that night, I sent Misha's coach a message. Robert, great who's, who's Misha's coach? Robert Fallis. Yeah. Yep. yep. Great guy. Really good coach. Well rounded. Knows the game. And yeah, that was an awesome, awesome, very fucking down to the wire fight. Yeah. Right? Right. And I walked away. And Connor. Well go, go ahead. Well what I was gonna say is that I walked
3: away and I heard everybody, like my friends, like that don't do jujitsu, be like, Aren't you like I fucking knew Connor couldn't fight on the ground? I'm like what yeah, are you, you talking did. about? <laughs> I was like, You don't think that all these guys are yeah. training like you all were right. saying, these guys are training everything.
2: Yeah. Right. It's
0: mixed not a lot of white belts belt. yes, yeah. it's right. he's a brown belt.
2: Yeah under John Cavanaugh right, who's right, right. my great grand black I mean I'm his I'm Connor's great grand coach in the, in our jiu jitsu lineage oh, right, jiu-jitsu. Right, right yeah and Nate is a solid black belt so Nate's grappling skill is but better but it's not like Connor doesn't have it's, any it's grappling nothing, skill. Right. and in my opinion Connor and I was saying this 3 months back to Connor's grand coach, Matt, who runs S VG, that Connor's weakness is gonna be his cockiness. Yeah. And Connor was winning that fight, and he started to get cocky. And then when he got tagged, yeah. he tried to to reshift his game, and it gave Nate sure that little wait a minute. I could win this fight because in those early part, Nate looked like he was just trying not to lose, right? Right, right. And then it kind of switched it around. And a lot of that is the mental game of, you know, and Connor was very good at, he would, he's a bright guy, he's witty, well spoken, and he gets in their heads,
1: right? He knows how to make money. Yes. Well,
2: clearly, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean,. He does know how to make money. But it's funny because... He's it was entertaining. All, yeah, you, he, he, is, is. he is.
1: I'm not looking up here and seeing a bunch of REO Speedwagon posters. And we're not talking about REO Speedwagon 20, 30 years later. We're still talking about you know, Black Flag and the original skate Skatepunks although Aria
2: Speedwagon right. had one two no, I, cool I, of fucking course. songs I, I, I was trying to think of <laughs> a perfect tool. band but I couldn't think of one but, classic right, E-Club right, music right, right. right. <laughs> right.
1: but, but right. To, to pull it around I mean that's that's that same connection I mean that there is an argument for keeping not keeping it pure but but making sure that there's a pure base to all this right. because while it may not appear cool on EBI on e- Fight Pass uh, you know when everybody's right. wearing you the know, Reebok, stupid Reebok deal. Right. Uh. the bottom line Is you're still
3: those
2: like uniforms, and I was like, the uniforms and the fact that you can't wear your school or camp fucking name out there, you you know. I mean, Ana White basically makes but Don King look like a socialist liberal. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) (laughs) Bernie Sanders is running (laughs) me. Talk about a fucking. Uh, This is my show, my way, I'm going to make as much money as I can and rule the world kind of attitude. I mean, personally, I don't really watch UFC. I I hear about it on the mat after it's done or I watch a clips of the highlights. Because it's too fucking long of a show for me. It's all that shit in between. It doesn't it. start
4: till 11. That. Yeah, well, on the East Coast is brutal. It's I, late. It's I
2: don't want to watch. I'll wait around for all that shit. I'm ADD. I want to go roll. Um yeah. Well, to, to give him his. Props, I hard... Yeah,
1: that's his job. Yeah, like, I know it's his job. Money, right? His, his, his job thing, yeah.
2: is to get as many right. the Jethro's to fucking watch <laughs> right. people right. fight, right? And, exactly. made and he does like a good job. 60 box, Bucks. Yeah. Sixty yeah. bucks. Really? Yeah, yeah wow. that feels
3: like passing a gallstone to watch like a bunch of horrible fights and like maybe two good ones. And yeah. then the two good ones you think are gonna be awesome and they are have- over in fifteen seconds and you're like
1: right. But it feels like they've kind of moved that. That's what I meant by the Aria Speedwagon, the Journey. I don't want to see. The these well, Journey
2: right had there. one good song, yeah. too.
1: Yeah. See what I mean? You can't pick a <laughs> Oh, man. <one>. Don't
2: <laughs> stop. <laughs> yeah. yeah, A couple yeah. good ones.
1: <laughs> but I mean, though, that kind of floats over here.
2: It kind of leaves the original When you're holding a half and choke that. and a half arm lock, you gotta start. Duh, start.
3: <laughs> <Did> you, <laughs> hold on to
2: that lapel.
3: <laughs> did you give me the same crap about the scorpions too? You yes, like, I whatever. did. Whatever they had one good song. Yeah. I'm like, fuck you, man. Yeah. Well, I oh, it conversation a over. He's, he's a metal guy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> one good song is better good, than none. But yeah, yeah. yeah. But 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 there is that pure stuff is is timeless. You know, you can't the black flag shit. It's just timeless or yeah. whatever you you know, yeah. however you want to look at it.
2: Yep. Early punk. Yeah. Early rap, yeah, Run DMC. Early rock and roll. Right. I, I, I mean, because anything as it blossoms in the any new thing yeah. when it blossoms is, of course, you know that's the origin. Well, it's authentic, so you, you're, right? You're right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm, thinking, I'm just, I'm trying to make that connection. You, is that what you're saying? I mean, this pure fighting it's, a, it's there's an authentic nature to what you're saying and that you lose that when all the, the rules come in and we try to make it or am I just am I constructing this or? I mean
2: yes and no I, I I mean I think there's an argument to be made just like there's an argument to be made for for socialism and there's an argument to be made for laissez faire capitalism you, you know and they both are systems with a fatal flaw right. you know yeah. every humans. everything everything <laughs> it's has you, its flaws human, human. right humans are the flaws <laughs> <laughs> every time and usually when we go so far in one direction <laughs> the counter is the opposite yeah. right because right. all things exactly. in moderation yeah. including moderation sometimes you just got to fucking go off right right and so i mean it's, it's like with well, politics. You know, it's the art of convincing your base that you have all the answers and those other people are idiots.
5: I get a competition question. You do? So we've all okay. been training super hard, as much as we can. How do you get the like, most training for your buck, for your competition? What do you you got
2: to win a bunch of fights because it's single elimination. But,
5: right?
4: but as I me mean, she's for asking, training, what do you do? You train for? different for training for competitions. You know what I mean? Like if you got one coming up, do you how train? do you get the
5: biggest bang for your buck for well for
2: your competitions? at at seasoned black belt for me? There's no more jujitsu that I'm going to be able to cram in and learn before a, a competition. I can even break my body down trying to roll at competition style every roll. Right. So it's almost the better if I, if I if I'm on the mat less but I cross train more. Because it's like when you have a runner somebody runs all the time they do 10Ks, marathons stick them in a pool and within three laps, they're panting. They're exhausted. You have a swimmer who swims all day every day, stick them on a run on some stairs, and their lungs are blown out. Because your body adapts to whatever it does. My body is pretty adapted to the jiu-jitsu. I don't get tired rolling. Mm-hmm. I get tired running. I get tired swimming. I get tired lifting. All the stuff I don't really want to do. So really... To train at a high level you gotta cross train. You have to do something that that jolts your body out of its adaptation and then you evolve.
4: So like running in jiu-jitsu, is that what you're I think it means crossfit,
2: right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't get me started on CrossFit. Look, it's running and lifting and jumping, right? The now. cult of CrossFit. <laughs> no, I think CrossFit is awesome. Huh? I think CrossFit people are douchebags.
5: <laughs> sorry, Derek. Okay.
1: Oh, man. I'm sorry. That no. was, was completely, completely a troll right so there. So you're
5: saying oh, right. either CrossFit and Jiu Jitsu or. Well, no, anything no, no, anything. no, okay. <laughs> no.
0: Cross training. Cross training. I was just What you're saying is like going to different places and yeah. training with different people. To get that, to that always helps.
2: Just something that gets you out of your comfort zone zone and like jogs your cardio up. Right? right? I I mean because what what I say but competing is legs, lungs and grip. Right? That's like what always feels exhausted afterwards. Right? Right. After match one. The forearm
3: pump and you're like
2: My legs, the
5: last one. Legs, lungs and grip.
2: right? Right? And those legs also means core, right? So that's what you cross-train. You, you do shit that trains your legs, lungs, and grip. So like in the past when I used to be a, a real athlete, now I'm just an old coach, but I would go swim laps and I would go, okay, how long is the match? You figure out what. And, and you swim that length of one match and you do sprints. Wow. And then when you rest, Amazing. I, I, I wade water and I'm holding the grippers. Yeah. And I'm blowing my grip out. Awesome. And then when my grip is exhausted, my legs dry, I throw them at the edge of the pool and I do a sprint there and back as fast as I can. Grab the grippers. And I'm like, oh God, I got eight more minutes of this shit. <laughs> and Which, if you, so I pretty much know that that's pushing... My environment, so I'm going to evolve. I'm going to adapt. So then, I want grappling to be easy. Hmm. I want that to be the easy part. Yeah. I I want running those stairs, those sprints up the stairs, <sighs> 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 the ocean swim to the buoy, <sighs> then the sand run. Oh, my legs, right? I mean, that's what you want because I know when I haven't trained, I feel it in my legs, lungs, and grip. Right. Yeah.
4: Good. And how
5: about rest days? What do you feel about resting?
2: At my age, I think you should rest ninety percent of the time. <laughs> <laughs>
5: how about for a, a hydramel scotch?
2: With someone like me. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to be able to read your body and and know when you're overtrained and you're actually breaking yourself down. Now, at the same time, like like I remember going through this brutal military thing SFA, SCD, and, you know, 21 days and like you had to get no sleep no food no recovery time and you, you, your legs are blown out your feet are blistered to, to, to hell and, and afterwards I could roll for fucking ever forever nothing hurt right I had all the strength all the power and I was thinking wow I'm probably going to be all broken down but no um so I mean
0: You but, get used to it. After but that's
2: in your twenties, right? Yeah. yeah. Because I think the original intent of CrossFit before it became a stupid cult um <laughs> was you're basically jarring your body right. into rapid growth.
1: Right. The methodologies are
2: there. The right. methodology yeah. is is basically like CrossFit isn't anything new. That's yeah. what the fucking Roman army did. Go on a twenty-five mile road march here and hold this pole, <laughs> uh, y- 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 you know. And and, and and I mean, and then in, you know you go in the early nineteen hundreds, the guys pulling big old boat rope and, mm-hmm. and and chains, and they used to pay people to do that. Now people are paying to go do that shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take sledgehammers and hit, roll around giant truck tires and stuff. <laughs>
4: Shoveling <and> dirt. <laughs> Shoveling dirt. Yeah, right. Figure
2: out what needs doing around the
3: house. Yeah, come over to my like, house and
4: shovel house. dirt anytime okay. you
3: take want. Take a hole
4: there and pull those rocks
3: and then go back and forth with my garbage cans Why don't, once, a, once a week.
2: Or, I mean, it'd be nice if we could somehow get to, like, blend the CrossFit col- with the... Rebuild the infrastructure, roads, and bridges oh. <laughs> program. Get these guys, you know, to push an asphalt thing across the... So there's actually some the work worst, being yeah, done. It's not but, the
1: worst idea ever. It's
2: not no, but, idea but, ever. But, but but I mean, like, right now, if I did CrossFit, yes, it would blow me apart. Yeah, right. Um, but once you get used to CrossFit, right. then you need to go do something else or right. add an, another one of your the little CrossFit... And put some cool name to it called Chris's Garage Howder. Wreck or whatever it is. The or, Howder. The Howder. And, yeah, let's cut this fucking podcast off. Thank you
5: for that. That was helpful.
2: We're talking way too long. Yeah, It's better to end short than have one of those long, drawn out goodbyes. <laughs> so,
4: so and plus we get a. Two and a half hour drive yeah, for right. 10 it miles. It won't be that long, going So, back, right? short and sweet, I'm gonna walk out of here now and let yeah. Yeah. Thanks,
5: fellas. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you, so, so
4: you we'll get Pellegrino's ghee out of see, the washing machine. Right. 30 cool. So, we're off to the pans tomorrow to see some, some pan action. Right. Tyler um, won his gold medal. Tyler's gonna do his thing tomorrow. Yep. So, yep. he's ready. Yeah. I believe that a number of
1: people are going to be standing on the podium tomorrow. That we know, some people that may even be in this room. It's going to be a very, very good day. Yeah, we'll yep. probably uh, try a great to wrap night, this
4: awesome yeah. night here, man. Awesome time. I could sit here and talk about this stuff all night long, for real. But we'll do it again when Chris comes to Portsmouth in August. Yeah, or we're certainly do this again.
3: Oh yeah. Um, and it really is crazy. If you guys uh, are listening to this and you don't know what the combat base looks like, go online, check out pictures of this place and find little pieces of history that you can relate with because there's something for everybody in here. Like I'm looking around and I'm seeing certain things that remind me of when I was younger and like Black Roses,
1: Ronald McDonald,
4: fencing shit, right. giant skulls, a, Barbie a, dolls and geese. Magic relators like be UFC posters. Shit. Yeah. And you guys should support Chris. So Chris, you got a website or anything like that?
2: Chris art.
3: Something
4: we didn't talk we'll
3: catch up when yeah, he we'll comes to, again because Chris is an amazing artist too and it's something I want to really talk more about next time but uh, yeah check out his artwork really progressive guy classically trained with modern ideas Chris really, really art. impressive art. Dot com. so right. check it out um, amazing trip that's it all right, all right. thanks peace see, you guys. see y'all back in New Hampshire soon
0: Warning. Explicit
5: content. Listen discretion.